Bienvenidos listeners, and welcome to Uber Cinco, the podcast game show where we deep dive top fives. I'm Brian Ernst, your host for today's festivities, and in the den are the classics, Mitch Brinkman versus Nathan Hennenfent. Today, our contestants will reveal and defend their top five small locations you would get marooned in. Now, these could be desert islands, the cabinet under the sink, or hell, even under the bed, where you're hiding <laughs> with a bushel of flowers and her favorite chocolates waiting to surprise her. But there's an extra laugh coming from the hall. Two pairs of legs enter the room, and the pressure of the mattress increases on your back. Down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up. At first, it's steady, and then it's manic. You block out what's happening, and... Stare out at the pair of shoes you bought her for Valentine's Day. Don't worry, it'll be over soon. Rest up, little buddy. You'll get out from under there when the time is right. Our first guest is number <laughs> six on the call sheet, but number one in our hearts. It's Nathan Hennenfent. Welcome, sir. How are you? Uh, I'm, I'm good. It's... Is hiding under the bed with flowers a romantic <laughs> gesture? I, <laughs> it is when you're the creep in my story. <laughs> I'd never thought of that one. Well, maybe you should try it. <laughs> and I people love for- people love a tickle on the on the ankle with with flowers. You when they when they don't know it's coming. It's very sensual. It's a it's a quick mood setter, especially to a woman who's alone in her apartment, not knowing that you're there. That's that's mm-hmm. a real smart thing. Um, and I'm thankful our second guest is slightly taller than me because when I'm lost in a crowd, it's either his ginger hair or Mike's liquor trucker hat that guides me home. It is Mitch Brinkman. Welcome, sir. Thank you so much. Um, speaking of Mike's liquor, you guys know I love to um, highlight local business on this show. <laughs> and this week, for those of you watching at home, I'm, I'm rocking a t-shirt with one of my favorite, favorite fun shops. Art Smart's Dart Mart uh, in in Miliwake, <laughs> right there on Brady Street, and Juggling Emporium, they have some of the best things there. They've got darts. They've got high-level darts. They've got darts just for fun. They've got juggling uh, equipment. They also have a great frothing section, tons of discs to choose from. Uh, they've got some Grateful Dead paraphernalia and just some novelty stuff. You want some gnarly teeth? They got it. You want some uh, little devil one mischief prank a day? kit they got it um so pop up to art smart start mart they didn't close down for good during COVID, which is pretty cool so go up to me the uh patronize their business I, I i would love to get marooned there but too many of their objects you need to go outside to enjoy you know so it would just it would be like just a real tease you know so um that's it for me to thank you so much uh it's been great and uh see you guys later bye-bye <laughs> <laughs> Didn't think I'd have to use it this early in the show, but there we go. All right. We are clever guys, but also want our sultry tones to be pleasing your ear holes. So head on over to bizbear.biz to submit your suggestions or even scroll on further down the page to see testimonial from Talcum and Rubadub, our favorite feral children. And for you newbies, here's a quick rundown of the rules. Each player in the den has spent time with today's topic, arranging their top five answers in order of importance. Those answers have been submitted to the host who will moderate the game, awarding points to the player with the most poignant answer. Starting with their number five choice, we'll move up the ranks until we reach each of their top answers. But if both contestants happen to have the same answer on their list, well, we have an Uber Uber Sparrow. 
you will hear the official Uber Cinco siren, and both players must reveal their answer and what number they ranked their submission. An Uber stare-down is all or nothing, with one player earning three points. After all answers have been read, the host will reveal the final score. As a reminder, don't forget to stick with us until the end of the show, where I, Brian Ernst, will give you my fast five send-off, where I'll rattle off the definitive list of the top five movie line deliveries that tickle me. And as host, I'm entitled to institute a house rule for today's game. Host bonus points to the gentleman with the most unexpected location on their list. So please surprise me. Mitch, you won the pre-show Latin Grammy for your racially insensitive cover of Paul Simon's You Can Call Me Al. Me puedes llamar Jorge. Not sure the inspiration behind it, but it's a hit nonetheless. So who am I to complain? So interesting choice, but congratulations on your Grammy. Uh, You're number five, please, sir. Thank you. I, I absolutely didn't deserve it, just like Macklemore when he won his. Um, okay, uh, my number five. Um, Did you see the, is... the? Have you seen the music video for "You Can Call Me Al"? Yes, it's just Paul uh, Simon and Chevy Chase. <laughs> it's one of the best music videos of all time. I I had you, never seen you... it before today, and it is quite entertaining. Yeah, it's it's very it's just pure. You know that part of the '90s that was still the '80s. You know, uh, it was just <laughs> Most, mostly because it was the '80s. I think. What well, well, wasn't Graceland came out in '94? I thought like '86 or so. What was oh 86? man! Oh, yeah. never mind then. Oh, I, I thought it was okay. Well, um, anyway, <laughs> as a young boy, sorry, as a young boy, you can call me out. Was my favorite song to dance to uh, at daycare. So um, I was known to put it on. <laughs> throw on uh like a dress or like uh like a cowboy outfit just like dress up and just shake my booty to you can call me out so um but uh yeah my, my number five though let me just roll right right into here my number five it was is an absolute fantasy location to get marooned in um you know how, how most of the time when you get marooned places you lose weight a la you know tom hanks uh that one yes. movie where he's uh on the uh Cast island away. Um, guess what? Yeah, he's he's a UPS worker, or is he a FedEx? USPS. Get it right. Or is it or is it DHL? I don't remember now. But wait, okay. Um, so he works for one of those shipping companies, or is it Amazon Prime? He's an Amazon Prime. That's right. <laughs> Sorry. Um, this one, I am gonna gain weight because I am getting marooned in Ina Garten's Montauk kitchen. Um, do you guys know who the the Barefoot Contessa? Do you guys know who I'm talking about? Yes, I and do know who you're talking about. I did not know I, that was her I, name. I need to be enlightened. Who is this? Uh, she's a Food Network um, uh, personality. I, she, she's not like a celebrity trained, chef, like big time chef. But she's uh, just imagine like um, uh, your your wealthiest aunt who always pops the collars of her like uh, you know like blue button up shirts and wears slacks all the time. But she's very kind. <laughs> Um, yes. She never drinks too much. She's always put together, um, and she has a husband who's not there enough. He's always in the city, um, and you're like, yeah. <laughs> "Are they actually married? Is this a cover up for both of them? What's going on?" But what's cool about Anna Garten is she used to work. Uh, she met her husband while working in the government. She worked like I think it was on like a nuclear commission or something. Very high level, like brainy shit. And then she decided, "I'm going to quit and become 
a, a homemaking scion. Uh, and she makes wonderful, wonderful meals. Um, they're comfort foods, all of them. Yes. Uh, she doesn't, she doesn't, she doesn't skimp on the calories. That's why I love that. So basically I'm the new Jeffrey and I'm going to be you know, <laughs> chained up in her kitchen and I will be just, she's my sun and my moon and I'm waiting till the next time she shows up. You know, um, it's like, it's like fi- finally finding cherries in the grocery store during the summer. You're just, you're so happy. You're so excited because I'm guessing Ina has a place in New York city as well. Montauk is, you know, way out on the end of uh, long Island. So she's going to be stuffing short ribs in my mouth. I'm going to be enjoying her, her, um, cereal rice, crispy treats, uh, her beef roast. Um, what else? Oh my God. Her, uh, uh, lemon strawberry muffins. No one makes those. No one does, but Ina does, and they're fucking incredible, and they're flaky, and they fill you up, and they remind you of a childhood you never got to have because Ina Garten is that classy. Um, so, you know, sure, the, sure, the the kitchen might be big by kitchen standards, but it's not that large of a place. Maybe like you know, maybe six hundred square feet. I don't know. Probably smaller than that. Hopefully, uh, Ina doesn't seem like someone who would go ostentatious with her kitchen. But what also I love about this is when I'm passing the moments waiting for Ina, I'm looking out the window wondering when when will she return? Um, you know, licking a little bit of peanut butter off my uh, lick mat now and again on the floor. Um, Whoa. <laughs> I'll get to experience the seasons as well because we're in Montauk. So, you know, I'll, I'll get those fall leaves. I'll get the light snow during winter. And then when spring comes, I will be reborn anew, and that's when I know Ina will be coming with with that new uh, spring and early summer fruit to make me crumbles, um, to uh, put a little dollop of whipped cream on my nose and wipe it off with her tongue. Um, Whoa! You know, <laughs> oh, sorry, did I? I mean, that's your tongue. I meant to say uh, napkin, uh, but uh, <laughs> and then and then. It'll be great because uh, she'll have to ask me to finally leave because one day she'll show up and I'll just be dressed like her, speaking like her, <laughs> um, mimicking her mannerisms. And, and that's when I'll be unmarooned. But until then, this, wow. This sounds like a pitch for a really great revisionist horror movie where <laughs> you you sign up for this thinking it's going to be paradise for you but then by the end you are chained up and you're being you're being forced like like when homer simpson goes to hell and it's all those donuts and they just keep coming at him and he just has to keep eating donuts till the end and you're just going to be pushed to the end she's going to be shoving muffins and blueberry pie into your mouth just until you can't take it anymore and eventually you either escape to freedom and and warn the others or you succumb to your own gluttony forced at the hands of the barefoot contessa oh Maybe, I, I mean, I was always just picturing just you in the corner with a funnel in your mouth as her, as the Contessa's bare foot is just shoving food down your shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> She's just trying to really fatten you up for winter. Well, but it's it, always it, it, winter in her house. <laughs> As long as she's shoving Wilshire Farms pork ragu, you know, pasta down my throat, I'm fine with that, man. You know, um, <laughs> I'm fine with that, man. <laughs> <laughs> and also, she's never had kids, I'm pretty sure. So, like, you know, maybe she wants to, like, have a kid and maybe she's, I don't know, I'm there. So, um, I don't you know. You could, totally. Who knows? I don't know. So, um, yeah. <laughs> I, so I, did, I did not five. think this. I didn't think this. Would, well, hey. I didn't think this would get to <laughs> Food Network stars today, so I'm pleasantly surprised. Plus, it yeah. is nice seeing like a, a non-racist Paula Dean making high-calorie meals. 
Um, yeah. And her husband kind of looks like Santa Claus. So it always looks like he's always coming in for food. And yep. who doesn't want to be Jeffrey? I mean, come on. Yeah. You got to yeah. come in. Stop it. I'm getting hungry. We got to move on to Nathan. Nathan, you're number five. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, my number five is the only one on my list. I've actually been to this place. Uh, this is... Uh, and I, there, I've heard it pronounced a couple different ways, but uh, Chris, Christiania, 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 uh, which is a, an anarcho-syndicalist independent commune in the center of Copenhagen in Denmark. Oh. Uh, it was founded in 1971. There was an old military barracks that was just sitting there. So a bunch of hippies and free thinkers and... Uh, roustabouts uh started squatting there and they decided that they were going to make their own rules they were going to rule as a collective and uh, eventually it, it grew and it started to it has like 800 inhabitants and they don't operate within the uh city's jurisdiction they they have their own code of uh, ethics and conduct and there's a lot of uh artists and uh you know, independent spirits uh, in there. And uh, so when I was there, there's like a lot of the homes and dwellings are some of them are quite nice and sort of look upscale, but then a lot of others have like sort of tin siding. They were built by, you know, people with just whatever materials they could get their hands on. Others are like the old barracks and warehouses that they've uh, repurposed. Um, there among their rules is uh, no weapons. So that's cool. Um, there's no hard drugs. So for many years and, and up until when I was there, 2012, when I went in there, I was walking along. It's called like the main street is called like pusher street as in pushing drugs. Like, cause you could buy, uh, you could buy various cannabis products. And so this was all, this was a few years back. And so it was still like, Oh, this is because cannabis was illegal in most places. And so I felt like, uh, walking through there, I was like, "Wow, I'm really, I'm really beyond the pale here. This is on the other side of the the society. Like the man, the man can't stop any of these people. Look at him, just living. And now here in Chicago, marijuana is legal, so it's kind of lost some of that that sparkle of uh, of otherness and ex- extremism. Um, yeah, there's there's no cars, and they also have a uh, they have a no running rule." You can't run in this place. No running. It's illegal to run because uh, when they, they think it will cause panic, because often the police will come in and try to raid it for drugs, et cetera, et cetera, and just generally kill the vibe. You know, that's that's really the problem is the police will often kill the vibe. Uh, so no running because you don't want anybody to think that the vibe is being killed anywhere within the confines of the commune. Can you race walk? That's my only follow up right now. <laughs> you, you as you can go as fast as you like as long as uh, you, there is no point in time where both feet are off the ground. That's my understanding of that's my understanding of race walking. So I assume it applies. But you know who knows what the uh, collective of the 800 residents have voted on for the specifics. I haven't checked the. Uh, town charter more importantly will mitch be accused of cheating if he runs behind the race walking instructor (laughs) will he kill the vibe and get the cops called (laughs) if he lies to the race walking instructor (laughs) well they 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 run they or they operate on on the honor system as most Uh. good uh 
anarchist communes do, I believe. Um, their, their motto is everyone's place and no one's place. Ownership is is not a concept they are familiar with there. What's mine is yours. What's yours is mine. They have a uh, like a secondhand store. Like if you need clothes, it's I say secondhand store. It's basically a gigantic box that is just sitting outside <laughs> and people will be like, oh, like, oh, I don't need this. I, I like I'm really hot and sweaty. So I'm just going to take this shirt off. And there now somebody who's cold can come pick it up later, which isn't disgusting at all. Uh, <laughs> the the spirit of the idea is very generous, uh, but in practice, it, it looked pretty gross. Um, I don't know. I, I was there. I drank I drank a few nice beers. It was a nice sunny day. Um, the, everything was super cheap because they're trying to you know, do away with capitalism there. Um, I did, I was, I remember, uh, looking this up on YouTube a few years ago and this, I think this will tell you everything you need to know about the place is one of the people, you know, when somebody's on TV and they're interviewed and it, at the bottom of the screen, it like says their job, it'll be like, oh, Brian Ernst, uh, videographer or whatever the case may be. Yeah. This was person, it had their name, and then it said, roller skating political activist. <laughs> so that's the type of profession that you are able to pursue uh, without abandon in uh, Christiania. So that's my number five. Wow. I mean, I if, if this place is about... So, like, finders keepers doesn't work here because they're like, I don't know what keeping is. So I don't think I'd like that because I love... I love saying finders keepers and and stealing change from people. Um, oh, I think you could probably kinds. take advantage of the system pretty hard, yeah. though. You could yeah. you could justify almost anything if you could take anything you want. You'd be like, well, this is all of ours, so why can't I have it right now? Yeah, <laughs> that would be so annoying. Oh man, I feel like everyone just has just like a boiling amount of just like yelling that's about to happen just under the surface like if, if someone's walking around being like I, you don't need this i need this now like this is my apple as you take it out of their hand half eaten or whatever um i, I know that doesn't happen and, and people are nicer than that but um, well, well no like yeah, there's a little bit well there, there's <laughs> except with with lots more cannabis yeah <laughs> you gotta remember these are these are a pretty chilled out group of people pretty yeah. chilled out it kind of sounds like, yeah, just a high Wild West, <laughs> and I don't know how much gets done there, but, uh, I mean, the vibe sounds great. So, yeah, it was it was cool. I mean, I, I was there for about two and a half hours, like, nine years ago, so, uh, yeah. yeah, it was a, it was a fun place to visit. It actually, it's it's sustained because it is such a tourist attraction, and it's, you know, there's no weapons, like, it's, it's perfectly, like... It may seem like it's outside the bounds of society on paper, but it's it's super safe, and so a lot of tourists do go there, and so the their economy actually survives on outsiders' money that's being pumped in because so many tourists come through. So it's not like it's self-sustained eco- economy within its own boundaries. There is a lot of outside cash coming in. Well, so and and you said it's 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 an old uh, military base. You said, uh, yeah, like a like a barracks. Like a barracks. Okay. And so how, how many people, do, if, if, you, if you had to roughly estimate, live in Christiania? Uh, 800 is the figure I looked, I found today when oh. I was looking it up. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Do, do they all wear like similar colored clothes or are they allowed to like, or do they leave and get like, you know, like an old it 88? Is, 
from from what I remember, it is very very colorful stuff. A lot of like handmade stuff that's uh, you know made by people who live there, the creative people who live there, and also it's a, just a very colorful place in general because the things that are built are just sort of a hodgepodge of materials, and then mm-hmm. there's graffiti everywhere. It's mm. All the old brick buildings have been just covered with graffiti murals over the years. Uh, it's a very colorful environment. Hmm. Well, well, I don't. What I, would be your uh, your job if you lived in Christiania? What's your what, what, what's your draw <laughs> to this place, Nathan? Uh, well, I, I'm going to quote um, uh, Nigel Tufnell from Spinal Tap and uh, mm-hmm. say, "I would be a full time dreamer." Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 That would, a point right there. Come I would, on. I would, I would contribute very little. I would be, I would be the the mooch, the town mooch. All right, Nathan, I'm gonna give you two points for this round. I can't see myself going there. That this is not a place for me. And Mitch, for uh, bringing up the barefoot Contessa so early in the episode, you're gonna get the full three points because uh, yeah. I can't wait to see her shove food down your gullet. Um, <laughs> moving on to our number four. Let's go right on back to Mitch. What is your number four uh, top your- five small location you could get marooned in? I would love to get marooned on the platform that is attached to the Price is Right Plinko board, baby. I would spend <laughs> weeks there. However long it takes to figure out, I would, I would, I would, re- I would uh, keep um, record of every single Plinko drop that I do. Five discs at a time, because yes, I correctly guessed the price of the five or the four additional products. But five discs at a time, recording each drop, its slot, uh, its ending point, to figure out exactly how does this Plinko board work. And if I figure it out, that's incredible. Then I'm going back to Prices Right every single day until I get called up there, and then I somehow get to play Plinko as well. I'm, I'm going <laughs> back every time, and then I will become the reigning number one Plinko champion. Beat the I think the all time record is thirty one thousand five hundred bucks. I think is what I watched a YouTube video that said this is the record. Um, so I'm aiming to beat that. I'm I'm going for at least thirty one thousand, you know, seven fifty or whatever it is. Fuck it go for 50,000 the max you can make um but what i like about this idea is that one you're inside the price is right studio so even when the lights are off the shine and the glow from the history in that place is still going to keep your spirit alive you know when you're in a pitch black studio you'll feel bob barker there with you you'll feel um the price is right um showgirls there with you you'll feel the new I, I haven't watched Price is Right enough recently. I don't know what the new models are like, um, but Drew Carey's weird see-through glasses are there with you. Um, <laughs> and I don't know, something about linking, looking down at, at the Plinko board is going to comfort me um, at night. when I'm, I'm, I'm going to lay the top half of my body is going to lay on top of the Plinko board as I sleep through the night. Um, I'm not going to leave that thing. And... Um, you know, just just to just to be able to feel the weight of those plinko chips as well in your hand, um, I'm I'm gonna become the full plinko board expert, uh, and 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 when I when I come out, I'm gonna smell, of course. Um, I'm gonna be why? <laughs> uh, well, no, because I'll you know there's there's nowhere to shower, you know, there's nowhere to. I'm just gonna be living on a on that platform, that little platform. So um, okay. I mean, hopefully, I won't smell too bad. Plinko's I mean, I the one where you, it, you, you, 
you drop the chip at the top and yeah, it, it bounces, bounces off the pegs yeah. and then it lands yeah. in a a receptacle of different values is that the one yes a receptacle of different values the exact <laughs> a receptacle of different values the name yeah. of my fourth studio album thank you <laughs> <laughs> they're called money slots okay and i want and right right in the damn middle is the ten thousand dollar money slot i'm putting five straight plinko chips right in there um but what, what i was gonna say is that when i come out of here too i'm, I'm gonna be uh, severely needing some sunlight because I will have been inside of a television studio for weeks on end, and so I will be the, the 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 direct opposite of Bob Barker, who always was permatanned. So I think that will help me. I, I don't know that, that like that yin, that yin and yang energy. I think will help me uh, draw me back up onto the stage when the Price is Right is filmed again, and I'm there, and uh, and it'll be so obvious too that I'm a plinko expert when I get up there. And I'm going to lead the crowd in chants. My first disc, I'm going to drop them and have them chant, first disc, first disc, first disc. And then the second disc, I'm going to have them chant, second disc, second disc, second yeah. disc. And then in between, I'll have them chant, 10 grand, 10 grand. So it'll be it'll be as close as I ever get to being a rock star, uh, working that okay. angle board just perfectly. So If I boil this down, your entire yep. plan... Yep. is to hide under a game within a game show to study how the Plinko falls so that when yep. you are saved, you can become yep. an expert at your one chance to play this game. Yeah. Yep. That's okay. It. I just wanted to make sure that that was perfectly clear and it was a, uh, how stupid of a plan it was. I just wanted to make sure it was boiled <laughs> down to those six seconds. <laughs> okay. You have watched The Prices Right before, right? You've, you've worked Correct. both Bob yes. Barker and, and Andrew Carey. The sound and the energy that comes from the crowd and the contestants when the announcer says, Jamie, look out, you're playing Plinko! Everyone goes fucking nuts. People love Plinko. The only thing that's better is maybe when they say, a brand new car! You know, that's about it. That's about it. So to ride that high, to experience that singular American game show, you know, titular peak moment orgasmic give it all to me right now moment that's what i want so and so and, and i'm willing to put in the time i'm willing to put in the time to be the greatest i do appreciate champ that ever. is that is a lot of time put into to winning a game within a game so i <laughs> uh, i appreciate your your long game strategy let's move Thank on you. to nathan for his number four what do you have on your list for top five small locations you would get marooned in all right, I'm going glamorous for this one. Oh. I'm going with the second smallest country in the world. You could fit this entire country within New York Central Park. I'm going to Monaco, and I'm going to spend most of my time at the Casino de Monte Carlo. I'm going to be wearing my, my tuxedo. I'm going to be looking like James Bond. I'm going to be uh, doing a lot of gambling. I'm going to be uh, taking my... My Aston Martin out for spins around their Grand Prix course, which, as long as the race isn't going on, is open to the public. You can take those tight turns, baby. It is, uh, it's out there for you to explore. Did not know um, that. That's also, it's a tax haven. There are no, uh, as long as you reside there for six months and one day, so I have to be marooned there for six months and one day out of the year, then I'll be considered a resident, and then there'll be no capital gains taxes, no property taxes and uh no uh income tax so 
all those millions that I'm going to be making at the the poker tables and at the roulette wheel, boom, tax free. That's all mine. And uh, then it's going to be I'm going to be you know taking my uh, jet ski out on onto the uh, Mediterranean Sea. I'm going to be uh, mingling with all the the jet setters from across Europe, all the celebrities who are coming in. Uh, I'm going to be doing some high-end shopping as I walk through the cobbled streets of their old town on the pastel-colored buildings. Uh, I just can never leave. I'm just, you know, it's, it's going to be a little bit claustrophobic, but I'm oh, going to be yeah. uh, so swept up in uh, all the all the glamour and uh, all the uh, the champagne and the women and the money. Uh, I'm not sure I would want to. So that six months of one day is going to be uh, pretty easy for me to, to stick around. Uh, hopefully I can stay for about six decades in one day, living the James Bond lifestyle in Monaco, world's second smallest country. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's all I got. I just, uh, I want to be James Bond. I've wanted to be James Bond since I was 11 years old. And, uh, this list is giving me the opportunity to think about it once more. <laughs> is it second only to the Vatican? That's correct. All right. Uh, which, which is a much, which is a much, there's, there's a lot less gambling and women in champagne in the, in the Vatican. That I, we know of. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I'm with you here because, you know, I'm, I'm a gambling man as well, but would you have enough early funds to last the six months in one day to get you to tax haven status? Six. Okay. Everyone knows more than two or three days in Vegas is dangerous. You're talking about half a year and a day in the gambling capital of the world. How do you make sure you stretch your money out to make sure that you can make that deadline? Drive for Uber. <laughs> so, <laughs> you can get you can get lots of of five euro fares driving from one end of the country to the other uh so <laughs> it would be it's it's gonna my gas mileage is gonna be pretty bad my carbon footprint's gonna be through the roof uh and my my car is gonna have a lot of wear and my aston martin is gonna have a lot of wear and tear on it and I'm also not going to be able to do it past uh, 7 p.m because I don't want any drunks puking in the back seat of fair, such a fancy fair. car. But but yeah, once uh, a, f- a few good uh, good weekends uh, driving rideshare through the streets of Monaco, it's gonna be there's gonna be congestion. So yeah. you know, a lot of the time I'll just be sitting there, and uh, it'll be like 30, 40 minutes getting somebody to the next hotel, and uh, I'll just I'll just get paid to do nothing. Then I'm gonna take that all to the roulette wheel, and then I'm gonna just dump everything on there. So mathematically, I just have to do this 37 days in a row at most before I drop my entire net worth on the roulette wheel and it wins. And then I build my bankroll off of that and uh, boom, I'm, I'm good to go for my six months in one day. And you are in Europe. So luckily you got only single zero there. So your odds are a little bit better. Um, the other thing, I mean, you could also make supplemental income by starting like a, I feel like you become like a, uh, like a TikTok star of like uh, Monaco Uber confessions and you get some good stories out of these rich people who are waiting 35 minutes for an Uber outside the hotel. <laughs> Most inefficient Uber service <laughs> in all of Europe. But uh, that's uh, an interesting take. I mean, I also I, I'll I, fall back on the, the tried and true classic of uh, of like 60s and 70s movies set in fancy European cities. And I'll just seduce wealthy widows. 
You, you know what? You got a lot of backup plans here, and, and I'm digging it. And you know me. I'm a roulette wheel fan as well. Uh, 34, 17, 20, and uh, maybe 8 and 10 just to cover my odds. Uh, so uh, you're going to get three points from Mr. Brian here. Um, Mitch, 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 Mitch. Yeah. I, I like the idea of hiding in a game within a game, but I don't think yeah. it's for me. So I'll just give you two points for this round. I appreciate okay. the ingenuity, but I just can't find myself to put top three on that uh, on that bad boy. So okay. let's go snake round this time back to Nathan for his number three. Where are you going to get stuck, Nathan, this time? All right, I'm staying in the glamorous world, but this Good. time I don't I don't need anybody else to be there. I can be on my own. And I'm going with Necker Island, Necker. which is which is the home in the British Virgin Islands of Richard Branson. Ah, yes. So this is a, a tiny little island where he's he he purchased this for $120,000. He bought this whole island for $120,000 even back in the 80s or whenever it was that's still a pretty good deal yeah cost cost millions to to develop it and put all his buildings on there um so it, it is very tiny and my favorite thing about it when i was reading about the accommodations is uh they can as like a resort they can accommodate 30 guests addition with additional room for six children <laughs> <laughs> that's it i thought 30 adults thought, and six kids it's like is that is that the go like how many kids equals what adult like if there's 24 kids or there's 24 adults could there be more children or six kids that's just it no matter what just only six kids that's at how any ma- time that's just how many racing car plastic beds are on the property that's, that's <laughs> they're at capacity with that well it's 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 an absolutely glorious beautiful island away from everything and uh They've got all their suites and whatnot. They have those like they have those like the the bathrooms where you got the tub and the bath and the shower where it's like partitioned off so like nobody from rest of the island can see you, but you're just looking out over over the beach and and into the into the world from that viewpoint. Uh, it's just in, extraordinarily private. They've got tennis courts. They actually host uh, a tennis tournament there with I guess. 30 adults and six kids every year. Um, <laughs> and uh, I've there, there was some, uh, it, oh, it's entirely carbon neutral also. So you can uh, stay there guilt free. Um, I, there, there are some interesting people that, that come through. I, while I was looking this up, I saw a video of Richard Branson and Archbishop Desmond Tutu uh, in the pool together. And Branson was, it looked like he was giving him a legitimate swimming lesson. Like he was supporting the archbishop's uh, abdomen as they <laughs> floated across the pool. And then they were splashing at each other. Like they were 13 years old and on their first uh, mom supervised date to the local uh, country club pool. It was very adorable. <laughs> and the The first time I, I, I saw this, this is what was, uh, I think it was on an episode of MTV Cribs way back in the day. And they were walking around and they, they go into one of the, the suites and then all of a sudden there's just bikini clad Mariah Carey is just just there hanging out. So my ideal scenario in this is I'm there by myself, or at least I think I'm by myself. And then I open the door and then just boom, bikini clad Mariah Carey. It's just the two of us. We're going to be hanging out for six months in one day, which I've decided is the official time period of being marooned. And, you know, <laughs> after six months and one day of loneliness, who knows what will happen? Anyways, uh they also have rare birds that they introduced, so they have their own ecosystem. Interesting. So, yeah. 
Hmm. Six months and one day is also just the only amount of time people can spend with Mariah Carey before they lose their mind. So, I mean, that's <laughs> that's that's also a great measure. Um, and, and and you're assuming Mariah Carey won't see you and go, oh, thank God, I didn't know I had a butler. I would need a club soda with a <laughs> slice of lime. I would like a plate of watermelon, please. And you're like, oh, oh, what? And then with her power, she's just going to uh, force you into being her butler for six months. This you this know. coming from the guy who was ready to have uh, food shoved down his throat by that was the barefoot contestants. <laughs> I I broke into Ina's house and I chained myself in that kitchen. She not she did not put me there. I put myself there. I think for next week Sorry. we're gonna task Mitch with going to Yahoo News to find some stories of Mariah Carey's personal assistance because there are some doozies <laughs> out there, folks. Uh, yeah. Before we get too deep into this, let's move on to Mitch for his uh, number three. Sure. Also, can I just quickly say Nathan's Monaco thing? He mentioned jet skiing and meeting other like jet setters on jet skis, or whatever. But I'm just imagining people with their super yachts, and Nathan rides like is like circling them on his jet ski, and they're like, "Who is this guy on his jet ski just circling us in the harbor?" Uh, and then then how do you get on? Do you, do do they drop a crane for you? Um, do you just ride right up on the back of their slip or whatever? What, what, what's the back of a boat called? I don't know what that's called. The stern platform, the stern. <laughs> I'm just, I was just imagining these giant yachts and Nathan just ripping around the harbor and just, just well, a jet ski. Because you didn't mention a yacht, you just mentioned a jet ski. That's well, all well generally, imagining. generally, what I would do. This is part of the James Bond experience. Is I'll be, uh, it'll be an expendable jet ski. It probably won't be mine. It'll probably be one of the henchmen's that I've just dispatched, and I'm just doing oh, a little sure. joyride in just order sure. to uh, celebrate. And so I can get rid of the jet ski. So I'll just like. You know, some folks will be waving at me from their yacht and I'll speed past them and I'll do like a little backflip or sort of a gainer uh, motion and then I'll just land flat footed and then the the jet ski will like kind of just go crash into a rock and uh, (laughs) then somebody will hand me hand me a glass of Dom Perignon and uh, a towel for me to dry myself off and, and then we'll be on our way. Mitch, that I think is, the answer I, is much simpler. He he's he's smart. You don't want to own a boat or a yacht. You want to know somebody that owns a boat or a yacht. Save your money. That's that's the key. Dump it into a gold jet ski with spinning rims, to quote Bo Burnham. But <laughs> that you need to move on from. Make sure you know somebody with a yacht. All right, smart. Mitch, lay us right. with your uh, your number three there. Sure. Um, so my number three is. Uh... It's also, I guess, kind of glamorous, but but it's um it's like understated glamour, um and that is uh staying in a a tasteful suite overlooking the pool at the Chateau Marmont, which is a famed uh Hollywood hotel um at the at the at when sunset bends going towards West Hollywood, um this place is full of lore, full of uh, history, full of. Um, dark secrets. Uh, John Belushi died at this hotel. Um, it's been a mainstay of like the 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 cool uh, eclectic Hollywood crowd since the 30s, I believe, um, when people started going there. And uh, the reason I'm staying in a suite and it has to overlook the pool is because the pool area is not very large here. Everything's like it's not too grandiose at, at the chateau. Um, so I'm I'm gonna be overhearing a ton of great conversations, you know. Uh, how great uh, is is Susan Sarandon's you know backhand on the tennis court? Um, why did Jack Nicholson you know buy four dogs last week uh, when he's already got four dogs at home? Like, isn't eight dogs too many dogs for Jack Nicholson? 
Um, <laughs> you know, uh, who is who is Leo banging this week? Um, who isn't Leo banging this week? Maybe, maybe that's a better question. Um, and again, this this hotel, it's full of stories. It's full of magic. Uh, people think Led Zeppelin rode motorcycles through it. Wrong. That's a myth. They rode motorcycles through the, uh, I think it was the Beverly Hilton or something like that. But um, so... And then of course, too, because I'm a creep, of course, you guys knew that about my, from my number five and my number four, too. Honestly, let's, let's be honest about <laughs> everything it. you've ever listed on a list on the show. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> I'm going to have um, a set of I'm going to have a one, a, a telescope to look at the stars and the celestial ones, because um, the real stars will be just down below at the pool. And then the other I was one. Say. <laughs> And then I'm going to have like, it, it, it'll look like a, um, I imagine like a Mardi Gras party mask I'll wear, but it'll okay. be binoculars inset into the mask. Some people just think I'm having my own personal Mardi Gras celebration. That will actually be binoculars. <laughs> I'll be able to, to, to spy down on them at the pool and straight into the, to the windows of the bungalows that are down on the ground level. Um, and the, and the tasteful, uh, bungalows and it's like uh, some other kind of houses they have on the grounds there um i'm using mardi gras themed spy glasses to look into the tasteful bungalows <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay it's 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 because i just you know it, it'd be fun to just be also you're in california the weather's never bad and there's a patio on these suites so i'm gonna be enjoying the sun a little bit I'm not gonna be uh you know sun thirsty like i was on the plinko platform um they have great room service here <laughs> i'm gonna be drinking a ton of champagne hanging out um people will like yell up to me on the patio and i'll have to like take off my masks yeah what i wasn't looking at you what what's going on huh and they're like hey do you want to can we come up and party and i'll say yeah come on up come and hang <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, that's my number let, three. Um, let me get a look at you with my real eyes. <laughs> um, this is this is inspired by uh, Howard Hughes back in the day. He rented out yeah. the, the penthouse this place and was a, a bigger creep than me and spied on everyone. So um, so that was kind of my, my inspiration. But uh, yeah, I, I think that would just be so much fun. And, you know, just celebs, celebs, celebs uh, all over the place. And I'm hoping to all have a nice view of Los Angeles as well from there from that height um but yeah so that's my number three i'm hoping just one, one little bonus yeah. just to have a nice little view all right yeah yeah and, the, and of right. course the room that the rooms at the chateau are tastefully appointed uh there's always probably some nice art going on in there um not, nothing too gaudy you know it's understated but it's classy so uh while perving at the beautiful tasteful bungalows what is the most exciting thing you've seen through your mardi gras spy glasses Oh my God! So last week when I was there, uh, I, I finished my, my marooning last week there. Um, I saw <laughs> Michael Sarah doing cocaine and marijuana dust with the ghost of Dennis Hopper. It was pretty cool. So wow, yeah, <laughs> man, those are some great glasses. That's impressive. Yeah, and it was it was cool. Michael Sarah stood up to ask for advice, and Dennis Hopper was just gone. So it was kind of sad to see that too. Um, I don't think Michael's gonna make it. So. But. Dun dun dun! <laughs> All right, yeah. scoring out this very odd round number three <laughs> uh, for <laughs> rear windowing. I'll give two points to to Mitchell Brinkman over there, mm -hmm. and uh, I was only gonna give uh, one point to Nathan, but then he said Desmond Tutu, and I'm like, wow, that brings me back. So <laughs> there, there's an extra point there, and I would have given you the full three, 
but you said it was a green island and there's no way Virgin Atlantic is taking off without actual rocket fuel. So can't take off from the island. So you're only getting two points for that. Sorry. All right. <laughs> also, uh, at, at, at Necker Island, they have an outdoor toilet, right? With no walls. You just you poop as you look at the ocean. That would be magical. I would. That actually, was on would just... MTV Cribs. Yeah, that's that's not as novel an idea though. I think I think people have been doing that since the beginning of human history. Though we could we could do that today if we really wanted. <laughs> Wait, Sir Richard Branson didn't invent pooping outside or um, CDs or air travel? What? I mean, there's a little spot I'm thinking of. There's a little mountain just off of I-94 with a little bench on top. If that just had a toilet on it and I could just everyone could just go on the highway watching me take a dump. I mean, that would be pretty magical, I think. Hey, any anything is a toilet if you believe in yourself. <laughs> Tell that to my pets. Moving on to number two. Uh, Nathan, your number two, please. Uh, all right, my number two. Going a little to a little bit colder climbs. Uh, and this is one where I, again, I wouldn't mind if I was just, if I was completely abandoned, if I was on this island all by myself. And this is the island of Islay, which is off the west coast of Scotland. Uh, it's a very, Scotland's a beautiful country. Islay is a very beautiful island, a lot of, a lot of wonderful nature. Uh, it's famous mostly for its peaty soil. Uh, and the peaty soil is used in its eight distilleries for scotch and so this would have been better if this was uh like a little bit like a few years ago because i i stopped drinking scotch a while back but i used to really enjoy scotch and the islay scotches were my favorite when i was in scotland i took uh i went to the scotch whiskey museum and there's five different regions of scotch and islay the island itself is uh one of the regions and it's famous just because it's got that mossy peaty very rich taste and uh, when I took the taste test, they said my palate was most compatible with that. And uh, they were right, at least for a few years. And so if I was there all by myself and I was like, well, I'm pretty, uh, pretty destitute, pretty lonely, probably going to die here. Uh, I would just be like, well, I have an unlimited lifetime supply of uh, wonderful scotch. I'll start drinking the 25 uh, year stuff first. I'll go marching through the uh, bogs and the crags. I'll look at all the the wild red deer that outnumber humans on the island uh, right now. There's only 3,000 people that live there. Uh, then they have uh, off the, the... So I'll be sitting there with my scotch, watching the red deer on the land. They have killer whales and seals uh, off the coast in the uh, the, the rocks, in the, the alcoves out there. So just some really beautiful, serene nature. It'd be a great place to go if you wanted to work on some uh, some projects. Uh, you know, you want to write a book, just go isolate yourself here. Uh, you can follow in the tradition of all the great alcoholic writers over the years, <laughs> like your Hemingways and your James Joyces. So, <laughs> and uh, if if uh, you're not a good writer, just uh, get drunk enough to where you uh, think you are. Uh, so, <laughs> it was on this island so, that Hemingway wrote Orca in a Kilt, correct? <laughs> yes, yeah. that's right. right. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you mentioned kilts because there is a there is a, the Islay woolen mill, which is uh, famous for producing uh, a lot of fabrics that have been used in Hollywood movies. Uh, Forrest Gump's uh, tweed suit he wears at some point in the movie that was made there, and the kilts for uh, Braveheart were made there. Uh, so the most historically tiny... accurate film of all time. I mean, <laughs> this is... well, at least at least the kilts were from Scotland. Mm -hmm. Like, we I do know it, that. Right? <laughs> so. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, they have also, since uh, I'm no longer a scotch drinker, they do have one gin distillery, which I think is probably not actually gin, but just clear scotch somehow. Um, <laughs> just- but yeah, this this would have been this would have been great for me. It, uh, like I said, like three or four years ago when scotch was my drink of choice, uh, this would just be uh, heaven on earth for me. Um, yeah, beautiful place. And I know you stopped. Oh, also, uh, that's my, my my other big thing is I'm already a landowner. Uh, I do own land. This is true. I own land. I am the legal owner of some land on this island. Is it one square foot? It is. It, no, it's two square feet <laughs> that are not. They do, they do not. Uh, they're not conjoined. So I'm going to have to buy some other properties in between before I can link them up. Uh, but yeah, there's there was like a golden ticket like promotion that Lafroig Distillery was doing, and I think it was like their ten year or or something. They they had a little card in there that was like, "Congratulations, you now own this one square foot on the land, acreage of our distillery." So uh, yeah, my my uh, real estate portfolio I've diversified. I've gone overseas, and mm-hmm. uh, so if I get marooned, I would like it to be something where I already have a little slice of home. Uh, when I'm feeling homesick, I can just walk to my one square foot thing and remember that land that I acquired when I was 25 years old. Uh, and I can, I'm not sure if I, I wear, I wear size 12 shoes. I'm not sure if two size 12 feet can stand fully within one square foot, at least not for very long, but, uh, maybe I could sort of do like a, like a flamingo one footed, uh, pose and I can be on my own, uh, land for for at least a few seconds <laughs> all your plots mm-hmm. of land are like a really complicated twister game you really gotta <laughs> this one, blah, 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 reach to the back for that and um i know you're sick of talking about it publicly uh your battle with scotch i mean this is where you i mean you can see the fight of nathan versus groundskeeper willie it's on youtube that's why mm-hmm. he can't drink scotch anymore uh i know we don't have to get into it we've talked about it so many times on this show uh <laughs> i mean who, who doesn't want to get lost on an island full of great scotch wool and a bunch of disappropriate pieces of land you can't touch at the same time <laughs> i mean what a great place you have to try and sleep on one square foot i mean you could st- i mean you have to sleep standing up that's what you have to get used to that in scotland i guess i i would build i could build like some uh some walls like uh, like two walls on it and i could maybe lean just do a leaning sleep position that's possible. I thought you were like talking about building a chimney. I'm like, it's like claustrophobia nightmare. <laughs> One square foot. No, I, I couldn't. I couldn't close it in. I couldn't enclose myself. No, I'd, yeah. I'd have to have an escape route. You need a lot of Vaseline to get yourself out of there too. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mitch, let's move on to your number two. Um, this is crazy. My number two is a personal chimney. I'm going to turn myself into veal. Um, no, I'm kidding. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh no. No, my. My number two is um, also chili, actually. This is definitely a, a chili place to get marooned. And that is the, the Butter Sculpturing Studio at the Minnesota State Fair. <laughs> now, at the Minnesota State Fair, you go into the dairy barn or the dairy building, and they have – it's a cylindrical, rotating, refrigerated um, glass tube stage – um, you know, Mecca kind of thing for, for, for dairy folks. And in there, the sculptor has a 90 pound block of butter. And then one of the potential, uh, winners of the princess K of the Milky way contestants 
sits there and gets uh, her likeness carved out of this butter. She gets a butter bust made. And you go in and on your way to get a milkshake or to look at, you know, um, a Minnesota Dairy Farmers Association booth or whatever, or go get some uh, bags of cheese, you can watch this this butter get carved. The reason why I'd love to be in this, one, I've always wanted to be on that stage. And as a boy in Minnesota, I was I could never do it. And granted, I know as a man, we, we are I'm blessed with tons and tons of advantages. I'm not saying that, but... As a, as a Minnesotan, you walk in there, and that's hollowed ground. I mean, those Princess K, the Milky Way <laughs> contestants are literally on a pedestal. And I've always wanted – I mean, is there would there be nothing better than to eat your own head, just a little bit of it, every day with eggs? I mean, <laughs> that would be so fucking wonderful. I'm actually kind of thinking about it. Like, why not just get a j- bunch of fucking butter and carve a sculpture of myself or get a real artist to do it? Actually, that would probably be better. But – one of the huge advantages to getting marooned inside this case is one, I mean, obviously the adoration of the, the population of the Minnesota State Fair, that that would be fun. Um, but the artist, Linda Christensen, she's been carving the butter bus for four decades straight now. Wow. And um, this woman was one of the first women to ever um, uh, graduate from the Minnesota College of Art and Design, the first ever woman who was married with kids that did it. Uh, this lady is a fighter. She has stories. She's pivoted when she's neat when she's needed to, um, to uh, to like uh, keep her her um, her success in her life going. She's a she's a craft person at her heart. She makes leather bracelets now. Gosh darn it! Um, wow. She's also a wine consultant in Oceanside, California. So I think just hearing about this woman and how she's gone from a housewife in Minnesota, she got divorced, she's moved across the country, but she still comes back every single year to carve the butter bus of all 12 potential Princess K of the Milky Ways. Kind of blew me away a little bit. Um, she's turned down Oprah Winfrey and uh, David Letterman. They they asked for her to come on the show and like do a butter sculpture during the show. And she said, no, thank you, because she understands that a butter sculpture takes 8 to 12 hours to do. You can't just sculpt butter in an hour. It just, it just doesn't move that quick. Um and I just I don't know I think I think just being immortalized in fresh Minnesota milk salted butter would be incredible. I also learned unsalted butter doesn't carve nearly as well. So um, put that in your in your hat for later when you guys are making your own butter sculptures at home. Um, and uh, yeah, that's it. That's I think that would would be that that's a true Minnesotan dream state right there. So. It's the second time in the, today's episode where Mitch has been trapped in a kitchen of sorts with an elderly woman. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very what? revealing moment. Yes. And also, <laughs> also, during this, I, 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 I couldn't be a Princess K the Milky Way. I would, I would um, petition the State Fair um, or the, the Midwest Dairy Association that sponsors all this, petition the Midwest, uh, uh, the, the MDA, if you will, to create a new contest called the number one butter boy. And I would be the inaugural <laughs> butter boy. And I would love that. And no, we wouldn't wear a crown. It wouldn't be classy. I would, I'd be glad wearing like a big old diaper and a sash, you know, it said like butter boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, for that That's, image alone. I mean. Yeah. So there it is. I never knew is. Mitch, you dreamed of being the butter queen. I didn't think that this was a thing, but having a, 
the best beautiful butter bust alliteration mm-hmm. aside, I think would be something that would fit you so perfectly and to be the biggest, baddest butter boy would also, mm-hmm. I mean, I could see you as a, as a baby, as a baby butter boy. Yeah. <laughs> I would coming I, soon I, to the I, Minnesota th- state Four, the better butter booters, better, 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 better. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you would be. <laughs> I, you know, th- this, of course, it started back in, I think it was like the 40s or the 50s, um, of like them trying to promote Minnesota butter and Minnesota dairy. And of course, like an old man was like, let's get, you know, hot young women and, and you know, put them in dresses. And, you know, it was like a beauty contest. But I, I think really, and each contestant has to have a family member that is a dairy farmer or who works in the dairy industry as well. So there's like some part of that, um, and they and they can't be married either, and they can't have kids, and they have to be 24 years or younger. So uh, there are some some uh, some some constraints on there. Um, but I a think lot more really... lenient rules for the butter boy. <laughs> <laughs> I think the butter boy contest should just be who really loves butter the most and who can use butter in the most creative ways. And I think no. I would do very well in that competition. No, the butter boy has to be over 24 years old and have at least two kids. Then you can become <laughs> the butter Because <boy. laughs> that, that butter boy is now a man. <laughs> he, needs, he needs to be enshrined in a bus that will make his year. <laughs> I I would be, I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if anything could honestly top getting a bust of myself in butter and getting to eat it. Just shave it off a little bit as you go every day. I don't, it, it just, it warms my heart and it clogs my arteries. I love it. So, I mean, it warms my heart because I know just all the delicious food you'd be making with your own butter bust. So mm. this is an easy round for me. Three points all around mm. for watching Mitch shave butter off of his own face and for Nathan doing the twister on Scottish land while drinking <laughs> the best scotch in the hottest wool's kilt in the world. I love it. Uh, so we are going to move on to our number ones. Oh, my God. It's that time we're at number ones. Nathan, lay it on me. What is your number one small location you would like to get marooned in? Well, I'm going with a place that just has everything you could ever need. Uh, it's cozy. It's... Uh, a place where just a real man's man can be. You can feel like you're king of the castle. Uh, Mother's womb. Just, Sorry. Well, here's here's the thing. I this is this is the first time I believe we have had a repeat number one choice on this show. This is something we've talked about before. I am choosing Brian's dream home, the three thousand square foot <laughs> <laughs> bungalow with a half finished basement. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have some nice little projects to do. Uh, it'll never quite be done, just so I have something to look forward to working on. I'm going to mow the, mow the lawn every weekend. Uh, going to have a man cave with a, a poker table on the dry side of the basement and then just concrete walls that are dripping wet that I've never quite finished the ceiling. There you and are. I'm going to have to have a, have a shop back down there for particularly stormy days it's going to have a little bit of a musty smell but we'll turn on some fans when we have uh when we have poker night down there this is it's everything you could ever want what more could you ask for i'm gonna have i'm gonna have a guest bedroom with an ensuite half bath no shower in there there just wasn't enough room half bath (laughs) (laughs) You son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. 
the the back patio there's going to be an awning on the back patio okay Not, yeah so that way you don't have to take down the umbrella uh through the middle of the the table and it won't blow over on windy days Smart you got the time. awning yeah very so one of those retractable yeah, ones that we had the uh, uh the infomercial for in the 90s yeah Perfect. exactly that see now we're talking now it's like my childhood <laughs> dreams coming to fruition in my unfinished three thousand square foot house but now it's really <laughs> rounding out the the true dream home oh man yeah just- uh, well there's there's gonna be a detached garage where you park one car and then the other you're gonna have one car that's parked on the street out front because the other half is gonna be all your odds and ends like your your lawnmower your your barbecue that that's broken down and you haven't gotten rid of because you're just sentimentally attached to it, even though you've got a new one already in the backyard. The bins of Christmas and Halloween decorations. Yeah. You know, exactly. Exactly. They can't go in the basement. They're going to get wet. So exactly. uh, (laughs) God, I mean, I have no follow-ups. You have described the best thing that could ever be. So (laughs) what am I supposed to ask? I'm just going to move on to Mitch for his number one and be like, top that, sir. See if you can uh, beat my dream house. Please play to the host for this. Um, this place um, doesn't have a, a, a honeydew list for sure. Not. Um, it might have. Um, actually, no. It, 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 there's, there's not a lot of not a lot of overlap. This place is dark though, um, oh. and it's small. It's very small. It's the smallest on in this whole game show today. And so my number one, and this one isn't like, it's not fun. It's not, <laughs> but it's what we need or it's what I need. Um, after all my other numbers, this is, uh, I'm, this is me paying the piper here. And uh, it's the place, my number one place to be marooned. And it's small. I, I say it, it's small, very small, dark. The confession booth nearest to the altar on the right side if you're looking at the altar at uh, what is now St. Thomas More but formerly in its glory days I Jim St. Luke's Parish I'm going to be in that confession booth <laughs> and I'm going to have Father David Hashka taking my confessions and uh, I haven't been to confession since uh, for real like actually took it seriously I think since I was like 13 maybe and um, so you know um, Father David Hashka is very cool he used to come out uh, during my parents' softball um, after-game parties they'd had back at the parish. He'd come out with a cigar and a glass of scotch. And uh, he always seemed like a really cool guy to probably get to know and talk to. So I would I would unload myself, you know, just all over the place in that confession booth. Um, <laughs> I was waiting for it. Make up for lost time. Uh, Father, I have sinned. I feel really bad that, that time I, I tripped Katie Good Pastor at recess while we were out on the blacktop. Uh, because she was running slow. No other reason. I'm an asshole. Uh, that time I told Ryan Fortune I was at my grandparents' farm so he wouldn't come over and hang out with me and the rest of my friends. We were there. We had pizza. It was a nice time. Sorry, Ryan. Um, this time that I almost um, hurt my brother very, very bad, I grabbed a, a, a tablespoon because um, he wouldn't unload the dishwasher even though it was his turn that day, and I threw it at him as hard as I could, as the lazy ass, sorry, as the as he was sitting on the couch, <laughs> and he had to duck, and it broke a picture behind him. I really shouldn't have done that. 
Um, and I, you know, karma is a bitch, as they say, and he immediately got up and chased me out the door and uh, threw a bat at me. So, um, but I should not have done the spoon thing to start. Um, there's that time I threw eggs at some person's house for, for a whole school year thinking they were my school bully. Sorry to those neighbors. Connor, you're very lucky. Um, uh, what else? Sorry to Megan. Uh... I we, we made out that one time and I never called you back. I never followed up. I should have done oh, that. That was no. really shitty of me. Sorry, Megan. Um, well, sorry to Khalid. Is... Khalid in <laughs> high school. I I've man, I made fun of you and I shouldn't have done that. It was all, all because you had transitions lenses glasses and I thought those were so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think I think this one you're already forgiven on. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have done that. I should not have done that. Uh, that was real dickish of me. Um, transitions <laughs> that's what uh, that's what gets your goat transitions <laughs> lenses he was just i do he, i don't know i was just a dick you, to him i shouldn't have done that so you did remind me of uh, one of my transgressions from my youth uh the story about yeah. you and your brother i i had a very devious plan that i pulled off to perfection i wanted i i, I was antagonizing my sister all day because i had a, a plan and uh, I executed it. So I just, I can't remember. I was just needling her and what I, and I, I probably, uh, I probably did some, some, some light punches in the arm at some point. And anyways, I got to the point where I'd made her so angry. She picked up a notebook and started chasing me around the house. And this is exactly what I wanted because I, I had in my pocket, my little tiny camera that could take 24 pictures on actual film. And I ran into, I ran into one of the bedrooms in her house and in one of the great athletic feats of my life, I dove onto it and did a half turn in the air and spun around and took a picture of as she was approaching where she had the, the notebook like <laughs> over her head and ready to strike. And her face was just like her teeth were clenched and bearing it like a wild animal about to just. And, and I had to wait for like two weeks before I took enough pictures to get the to run through the film and then get it developed. But I got it back and I it was just the most perfect image it, it couldn't have worked out any better. So uh, I apologize to my sister for that that devious plot. Um, and kids will and never it, know now that time of one, you got the photo you needed Two, the anxiety of not wanting to waste the remaining 14 photos on something stupid. <laughs> it's called one hour photo, but it's actually two weeks in one hour as you are waiting to finish that role to finally bring it to the store to be developed. And then you have to then bring the evidence to your parents for something they've already forgotten about. <laughs> Kids got it so easy these days. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, I know. I remember showing my parents. I was like, "Look, Laurel was mean to me," and they were like, "When?" <laughs> <laughs> Three and a half weeks ago. Here's the proof. <laughs> I paid fourteen dollars for this proof. <laughs> wow. So, uh, oh. Mitch, I feel like you you unloaded a lot in the confession booth and on us, and. Yeah. We're just covered in it. So, I mean, there's nothing yeah. else we can do but just take it in, digest yeah. it out, and hope that things yeah. get better after this. Um, yeah. I, why I, is I, this I'm, your I'm, number one place? Why do you want to either relive and or confess everything? Because it sounds like you reached the age of reason at 13 years old and never went back. So why now, at your number one, would you want to go back to a confession booth? 
there's something about the um the quiet and and you know how it the the church i went to as a kid it's a very large super high roofed you know stone church so there's always like kind of a cool breeze going through it and i don't know why but for some reason i felt uh last time i was in a confession booth kind of at peace um in there and i don't know i just i just feel like the lamb of god is the true way and i just think you guys should come (laughs) back to church with me tomorrow um and we should just like get back into the you know, praying. No, and no, no, okay, no, <laughs> no, please, God, no. Oh man, I, I just, right. I, I, I just needed some, some absolving of my sins. And uh, you know, Brad, I'm really sorry I moved out. Should never done that. We sh- should have just talked to you. Should just talked. You know, should have just communicated. Um, and Brian, I'm so sorry. I snuck out to your house. Last week, and, and, I, and I cut your brake lines. I should have done that. Uh, <laughs> that would have, have uh, that. saved me a lot of headaches because of the yeah. brain trauma. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> I'm sorry about that. I really that was a real that was a, that was I mean that was a felonious move. I shouldn't have done that. It, it, it's I shouldn't true. Have done that. My bad. Yeah. Yes. Forgive me. Uh, drop the drop the charges, please. So, um, <laughs> well. I don't think I need to drop the charges because instead I'm okay. just going to score this round. And this oh, is number okay. one. Uh, Nathan, I mean, you picked my dream house. How are you <laughs> not getting three points for picking the best place that the host wants to be in my subdued suburban 3,000 square foot host house with semi-finished basement, maybe some kind of studio, and tons of wet decorations that need to be put up. I mean, this is Wait. just... Wait, 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 wait. Maybe some kind of studio? Is it, This is the dream. You have a studio. Just say it out well, loud. I mean, it's my dream. Commit Stay to out it. of it. Stay out of it, butter boy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so that is three points to Nathan. And uh, I don't know. I'm not. Confession box. I'm bold. I'm bold. You're bold. I'm you bold. You are bold. But we had Come to relive on. all the sad things you've ever done, and you cut my brake line, so it's only one point for Damn Mitch, it. which brings Mitch to a grand total of 11 points. And Nathan, I have a special surprise for you. You correctly guessed at the beginning of this. uh, Graceland did come out August 25th, 1986 and not 1994. So you will get a bonus point there. Oh, yeah. And uh, I forgot what else. You got a bonus point for something else that I didn't write a note for. You got 15 points to Mitch's 11. (laughs) All right. You're the winner. I wrote down <laughs> plus one with no reason, but you get that point. And oh my God, what a day it's been. Mitch, uh, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to go to confession and really fix my break lines if you want to get more points next round. I, I I totally get it. Is it was the bonus point for the most interesting place to get marooned? Because that was the, the house rule. Most un- unexpected. Yes, I Most picked unexpected. my house. I wrote my house. That's why. Because <laughs> oh, you picked okay. my house. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for helping me work through this, man. Therapy is great. Thank you, guys. I I really needed that. Uh, We can't leave today uh, without going through my fast five. But first, I would remind our audience, come back to us on St. Paddy's Day, March 17th. We're going to do a live Uber Cinco. Uh, Just follow us on social media somewhere, and you will be able to see us live that day. But my fast five now, the top five movie line deliveries that tickle me. Now, let's be clear. These will not tickle everyone, and you may not find them funny, but these are lines from movies in my personal experience that have stuck in my mind because of the way they are said. We would actually love to hear any of your favorite movie line listeners, so if uh, you made it this far in the show, firstly, thank you. 
uh, we like you too. Uh, secondly, comment, share, send, whatever uh, you kids these days uh, are listening to. Please send us your favorite movie lines. We want to hear them. My number five is from a classic that came out on DVD my two weeks before graduating senior year. This is from Superbad, and specifically the way Seth Rogen says this line. You're an organ donor. <laughs> what? what? I didn't want to be one, but my wife insisted. I always give him shit for it, too. I say it all the time. I say, it's just like a woman. Even after you're dead, they want to tear your heart out. I say it weekly, and it's still I say it weekly, and it's still funny. Throwaway line hits me every time because it's so dumb. But they left it in, and it makes me very happy. Number four. This one has been said on this show before, but this comes from the uh, uh, NASA classic Apollo 13, and this line is said by the great, great Tom Hanks. A little while longer, we're going to hit that water in the South Pacific. Open up that hatch. It's 80 degrees out there. It's 80 degrees out there. Fredo, you're going to feel so much better when they open that hatch and it's 80 degrees. <laughs> oh, God, that line, Tom Hanks, right there, goes right through me. Oh, so good. Number three, uh, from the Penelope Spheris directed classic, probably the best SNL movie ever made. This one is from Wayne's World, spoken by Garth. Wow, you're amazing, dude. Thanks. I like to play. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I like to play. From Makes me so happy every time I see it with a little symbol tap at the end. Thanks. I like to play. All right. Number two. <laughs> uh, from Just Friends, starring Ryan Reynolds and Amy Smart. Uh, there is a scene where Ryan Reynolds is trying to impress his uh, long-term crush by going ice skating. He can't find his skates, but in the garage, he finds something much better. Be yourself. Now, come on, Mikey. Now you're making snow angels. I don't want to be myself. My snow globe collection. My snow globe collection. <laughs> oh. Something, again, that just sticks with me every time I see it. Dad, that one's for you. All right. Uh, number one is from another SNL classic. This is from Tommy Boy, but it is not nope. said by Chris Farley. Instead, the great Brian Dennehy. This is great. You can put six packs of soda in here, milk, yogurt. You can put... Candy bars in the freezer? Anything that you want to keep cool. Anything that you want to keep cool. <laughs> Ryan Dennehy, number one. Uh, lines delivered in a movie that tickle me. Oh, my God. What a great line. And that has been this week's edition of Uber Cinco. Uh, from Old Irving Park has been... Nathan Hennenfent. And from somewhere, I think under a rock, I'm not sure, has been... The Heart of so Sopico Shopping District, Mitch Brinkman. <laughs> And I have been Brian Ernst. And as Bizbear always says, relax. It's just money. You'll make more. Avita Zane and adios. You've just listened to Uber Cinco, a production of UBK Studios. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your fine podcasts from. If you like what you hear and want to support the show, please visit our Patreon site at patreon.com slash UBK Studios. Every little bit helps us keep the lights on and the bill collectors at bay. 
Keep tabs on us on all the social media at UBK Studios, and most importantly, subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can see that we really are just a bunch of good Midwestern boys. Yeah.